Hello, you are listening to an episode of Trade Talks, a podcast about the economics of trade policy. I am Samir Keynes, the US Economics and Trade Editor for The Economist. And I'm Chad Bown, a senior fellow with the Peterson Institute for International Economics. This episode is about tariffs. It's about tariffs as taxes. As President Trump's Twitter feed suggests, tariffs bring in revenues. In March, customs duties brought in around $5 billion of revenues in the US. Now, that's more than last year, but it's still only 2% of federal government revenues in that month. Trump can tweet all he likes, but tariff revenues just are not that important for the US government. But that wasn't always the case. Tariff revenues used to be much, much more important for the United States. It's also not the case for developing countries today. As Trump celebrates the extra cash from his tariffs, developing countries worry about what could happen if they go the other way. If they open up to trade and and drop their tariffs, will that blow a hole in their government budget? To answer that question, I'll be speaking with Lucy Gaden. Lucy is an assistant professor at the University of Warwick and a research fellow at the Institute for Fiscal Studies in London. She's a trade economist, an expert on taxation, economic development, and she's also a pretty impressive economic historian. Lucy is great. She also used to be a colleague of mine. So I was, I was really disappointed when boring logistical stuff meant that I couldn't be there for, for this conversation. Chad did just fine without me. Lucy, hello. Hi. Okay, so the first thing that we want to do is to try to motivate why this issue matters. Why should people care about how it is that governments raise taxes? Yeah, so government use a lot of different taxes to raise their revenues. And how you tax matters for three main reasons. First, how you tax matters for who actually ends up paying taxes. So, you know, there's a lot of talk about whether or not we should have a wealth tax. That's really debates on whether or not we should tax the rich more, because we think the wealth taxes are paid more by the rich. Then there's what we call efficiency consideration. That's the idea that taxes are going to distort what economic agents are doing. So, for example, if you tax labor income more, people, people may work less. And we know that's true, particularly for lower income people. And then finally, quite simply, some taxes are better than others at raising revenue. So some taxes are easier for firms or households to evade. You know, there's debates of how you do corporate income tax in a way that prevents, you know, Amazon from evading all of its taxes. So there's potential concerns about inequality. There's potential concerns about distorting economic behavior, you know, making people produce or buy the not right amounts of things that they should be doing. And sometimes it's just administratively easier or difficult to collect certain types of tax. Yes. And those are kind of the three main reasons. Let's start with rich countries then. So rich countries today, where do they get most of their tax revenue from? A big bulk of that is income taxes. So whether, you know, personal income, that's taxes paid by households, people like you and me, and then corporate income, that's taxes paid by firms. That's got to be over half of total tax revenues in rich countries, you know, on average. And then the second biggest revenue raises tend to be taxes on consumptions, which in most countries are value-added taxes. That's 30 40% of total government revenues. So one thing you haven't said yeah. is tariff revenue. So how big a deal is, is tariff revenue in total tax collections for rich countries? Not a big deal at all. It's tiny. So on average, I think if you take all rich countries together, they tax about 1% of their GDP in trade taxes, and for most of them, it's actually quite a lot less than that, which means that in terms of total tax revenues, it's it's peanuts. In, in rich countries, governments could stop taxing trade today. It wouldn't make a big difference to their revenues. 
And so while countries don't actually have, for the most part, free trade, zero tariffs, the tariffs that, say, the United States actually imposes are relatively low. On average, they're about 3%. If those were cut from 3% on average all the way to zero, it wouldn't lead to a big, huge hole in revenue for, for the United States. No, it really wouldn't. In rich countries, we tend to think governments have tariffs for reasons other than tax revenues because they want to protect certain industries, typically. So let's talk a little bit more about tariffs. So why aren't tariffs a particularly popular way of, of raising revenue in rich countries? Out of all the taxes governments can levy, then one of the worst ones. So they distort a lot of things in the economy. First of all, when you have higher tariffs, you're going to decrease trade. Economists tend to not like this because we tend to think, as you know, trade tends to be good for the overall economy. And the other thing is they tax imports. And a lot of the time, imports are actually inputs into firms' productions. For example, you know, if you tax steel, you're going to have firms using less steel to produce, whereas it's probably the best thing for them to use a lot of steel for whatever they're doing. And if you tax it, they're going to have to find another kind of input, so use less steel and find another kind of input. That's not going to be the most efficient input for them, so they will produce less, so there will be less goods in the economy overall, and everyone gets a little bit poorer as a consequence. So the idea is any of these taxes, you have to raise revenue, but any of these taxes have the potential to distort the decisions that people in the economy are making. And if you're actually taxing an in, in input, something that's used to do other things, that could have ripple effects. You tax the inputs, that distorts some decisions here, and that ultimately distorts how much of something gets made, that distorts other economic activity, and has m- more of these kind of efficiency costs in, in the overall economy. It's better let, to let firms produce as they want and then tax whatever comes out of this production, so profits, wages. So that's so that's rich countries in today. But but how about in the past? Were tariffs a more important source of government revenue for for rich countries when they weren't so rich? Yes. So if you if you try to go back in the history of today's rich countries at earlier levels of economic development, so you can go back till you know late 18th century. We have a bit of data, and most of the 19th century we have quite good data for you know Europe and North America. And if you look at how they were raising revenues. There's two things to notice. First of all, they were raising a lot less revenues back then, and most of it was actually coming from tariffs. If you look at, you know, early, mid-19th century, for most countries, it's at least half of their total tax revenues that were coming from tariffs back then. So if my memory is correct, in the United States, it wasn't until the early 19-teens in which it passed the, I think, 16th Amendment that legalized on a permanent basis the use of an income tax to generate revenue. There had been some experimentation before then, but that's really when the United States began to switch over. And at that stage, you really see it falling off from using tariffs toward these other more efficient sources of revenue. So we have this sense that as countries develop, they tend to shift away from using tariff revenue to other sources. How about poor countries today then? Are they more reliant on tariff revenue for tax revenue? Poor countries today are extremely reliant on tariffs, so taxes on trade for their tax revenue. So they tax about 3% of their GDP in trade taxes, which, you know, they levy a lot less tax revenues overall than the rich countries. So that's about 20 to 25% of their total tax revenues. So contrary to rich countries, if you removed all tariffs from developing countries today, their governments would suffer a big loss in tax revenues. I guess then that leads to the question of of why. So why is it today that developing countries are so much more reliant on tariff revenue for 
these these overall government tax collections? Their economies are a lot more agricultural, and there are massive informal sectors. So informal sectors are just the parts of the economy that the government can't observe. And if the government can't observe certain types of transactions and incomes, it's not going to be able to tax them, which means that most developing countries today have things like income taxes and value-added taxes, but the base of these taxes, which is the overall economic activity that can be taxed with, for example, an income tax, are much smaller because the government observes very little of economic activity. Trade taxes, on the other hand, are fairly easy to levy because which come into the economy in a few big areas, you know, your big city, your main ports, and typically are handled by a few big economic agents, a few firms. So it's fairly easy for governments to know where these firms are and to set up an administrative structure to tax part of the value of away in tariffs. So the concern is that in a lot of these poorer countries, the agricultural sector may be just hundreds of thousands or millions of really small farmers. Uh, this informal sector is just really, really tiny companies or people that are doing individual things. And administratively, it's just really costly for the government to track any one of them down to be able to collect the taxes from them that they might owe. And a more efficient way of just collecting taxes is to go to the very few ports or border crossings where trade comes in and, and assess it on imports. Yes, and typically most governments try to get an idea of what's coming in and out of the country because there's regulations on currency and what kind of goods are allowed in the country. So governments are going to take a close look at imports anyway. So governments knows, know about these flows anyways, so it's easier to tax them. If you think about the rest of the economy, that's not trade. One nice example is you know, a lot of transactions in developing countries are in cash, which means there's no paper trail anywhere. And so it's very hard for the government to know these transactions have even occurred and therefore try to tax them. So what about the issue of corruption and collection of tax revenues? What, what story is, is happening there? So we have a little bit of evidence on that turns that there is corruption in how taxes are collected, which means that, you know, tax inspectors, when they're trying to get some households to pay their taxes, they may be also asking for some bribes, right? And that increases the overall cost of collecting taxes. However, it's not clear that some taxes are clearly better from a corruption perspective than others. So if you think of tariffs, in one way, it's good because you don't need a lot of agents and a lot of different levels of hierarchy to collect tariffs because it's all based in, in a few geographical areas. On the other hand, we're talking about a few large actors that have to pay the tariffs and a few tariff inspectors that have to collect them. So there's potentially more scope for collusion. Let's talk about some of your research and in particular your paper with Julia Caget called Tax Revenues and the Fiscal Cost of Trade Liberalization 1792 to 2006. 1792 was a long time ago. It sounds like the paper looks at what happens to tax revenues when countries open up to trade. So presumably they lose tariff revenue. Is that right? Yes, that's right. If you look at the recent history of developing countries, so throughout the 80s and 90s, developing countries overall tended to open up to trade. But at the same time, we were seeing that tax revenues fall a little. So why is this a potential concern for developing countries, though? Opening up to trade is a good thing and will help these countries develop, achieve higher levels of economic development. But the tax part of it is a side effect that's attracted very little attention so, so far. And it's important because we're talking, when we're talking tax revenues, we're talking about government's capacity to provide health and education services. So if one of the consequences of opening up to trade is governments have less revenues, that also means less revenues on the ground to pay your teachers, to pay your health workers, to pay your bureaucrats. 
So what is it specifically that you're going to investigate in your research here in this paper? So what we're interested in is what we call the fiscal cost of trade liberalization, which is what are the tax consequences of countries opening up to trade. And what we're interested in is understanding both what happened in the last four decades amongst developing countries and compare this experience to that of today's rich countries when they were developing countries in the 19th century. We know they also opened up to trade throughout the 19th and 20th century. And we're basically asking, did they experience a revenue loss at the same time? And how does this compare to what happens in developing countries today? So how did you do this? So what you you need to do to do this is you need to have good data on both total tax revenues, so how much taxes governments have collecting in all these countries for as far back in time as you can, and also the amount of money they collected through tariffs, through trade taxes. For the contemporary period, the IMF does a very good job as collecting this data from various government institutes. For the historical period, you have to go back and use historical sources to try to get a picture of both total tax revenues and trade tax revenues. Basically, the late 18th century and the 19th century is reasonably well documented for a few large European countries, so France and the UK are the ones for which the data starts earliest. And then the United States, you actually also have data from the late 18th century. And gradually, as you go up in time, you start having more countries for which you can document things. For most developing countries, you have extremely little data before the late 60s, early 1970s. So what do you find? When you look at rich countries during the 19th century, we do find cases of them opening up to trade and therefore losing tax revenues from their tariffs over that period. However, for most of them, this did not lead to a fiscal cost of trade liberalization in the sense that, you know, their tariff revenues decreased, but their total tax revenues didn't fall because they found other ways to increase tax revenues. So they started levying an income tax or they brought on the base of their existing income tax or they introduced consumption taxes. Things look very different if you consider developing countries and the last three, four decades of their economic history. So for them overall, we find also a lot of cases of, you know, decreases in tariffs. But for a lot of them, this did lead to a fiscal cost in the sense that for roughly half of the countries for which we see an opening up to trade, we also see a decrease in their total tax revenues at the same time that lasts for at least five years. And then for about 20% of the country, so a minority, but, you know, a non-trivial share, we actually never see total tax revenues going back to their level prior to trade liberalization. Can we talk about some specific examples that, that might be showcase explanations of, of some of the mechanisms that, that might be going on here? A classic example of a country that developed other forms of taxing their domestic economic activity before opening up to trade is the United Kingdom in the 1840s. Your listeners may be familiar with, you know, the repeal of the Corn Laws, which happened in the 1840s in the UK, which is when the UK started decreasing their tariffs on agricultural inputs. And that was, you know, is seen as the start of the free trade era in the United Kingdom. This actually happened after the UK formally introduced an income tax as a way to raise other sources of revenue. So just before lowering the tariffs, the UK actually reintroduced the income tax, which they had developed to finance their earlier Napoleonic wars. And this was explicitly seen as the solution to raise revenues if the government also wanted to tax trade less. So that's an example of a case in which we do see tariff revenues falling for the UK in this period, but we see 
total tax revenues both not falling and then gradually actually increasing in the UK's case. So tax revenue isn't the only thing that you look at in your, in your research. How else did you examine this question? Fundamentally, the reason we care about this is, you know, we think tax revenues are used for investments in human capital infrastructure, so health or education that we think are important for economic development. So we care about tax revenues falling if it means government can spend less on these things. But governments could still spend the same amount, even though their tax revenues are falling, if they have other sources of revenues which are not tax, which could be aid, so foreign development aid, so this is rich countries giving or lending money to developing countries, or the revenues from the exploitation of natural resources or debt. So what we do in the paper is we also get data on total government expenditures. So this is total government spending. And we look at what happens to total government spending when there are episodes of trade liberalization. And overall, we find that government expenditures also fall in developing countries on average when there's trade liberalization, but by a bit less than tax revenues. So there's maybe been a bit of more aid to compensate for the fall in tax revenues, but it's not enough. So overall, there are less government revenues on the ground being used to finance government programs when there's trade liberalization. And presumably, these things like development assistance the ability to borrow, were much less common in these earlier historical episodes as well when the UK was developing, when the United States was developing and cutting their tariffs. Yes, foreign development aid when the UK was opening up to trade was less of an issue because there was no rich countries to lend the UK money. However, there were other sources of government revenues that were non-taxed, such as the exploitation of government monopolies. So government had monopolies on different types of production, and there were some revenues coming from this. Okay, so let's focus on the, the problems confronting developing countries then over the last couple of decades that have been cutting their tariffs and not having the tax revenue being replaced by other sources. Your paper doesn't look into the exact questions of why, but let's speculate a little bit. Why is it that we think that that may not be happening? It looks like in developing countries, some of the opening up to trade happened before countries had developed this large administrative capacity to tax. Actually, if you look at the history of rich countries over the long run, you can see that from the early 19th century to the mid 20th century, roughly, the share of their total tax revenue that comes from trade taxes is falling. But that's not really because they're levying less trade taxes. It's mostly because they're starting to levy a lot more other taxes, right? So it's only after they've developed these income taxes, these value-added taxes, that they really start decreasing their tariffs substantially. And we see a lot of that after the Second World War. Is the main takeaway here then for, for policy that developing countries shouldn't cut their tariffs? No, that's not the main takeaway here. We're not at all looking at the benefits of trade in this paper. And other people's, people have, and then we have a lot of evidence that when countries open up to trade, it tends to increase average incomes in most economies. What we're doing is we're documenting a negative side effect of trade. And I guess the key recommendation I would say is when developing countries are going to continue to open up to trade, because there is still quite a lot of scope for them to decrease their tariffs, we need to think about the way to compensate for the lost tax revenues. So maybe we need to think ex ante about building better, more efficient tax capacities on the ground before we we open up to trade. I mean, if you look at a country like Ethiopia today, it's one of the countries that's still not part of the WTO. 
a third of their tax revenues are coming from tariffs. And Ethiopia is talking with the WTO about accessing the WTO, which would probably be good for Ethiopia as a whole. But there needs to be a reflection at the same time about how countries like Ethiopia are going to raise more revenues to compensate for the locks in tax revenues from trade liberalization. And so this is getting at the issue of sequencing of policies. And if you're also going to be doing this kind of domestic policy reform, implementing major new tax systems, you may actually want to do that kind of stuff before you undertake the trade liberalization. Exactly. And one other thing I want to point out is, I think in recent years, there's been a lot of research in both rich and developing countries that's shown that Whilst opening up to trade tends to increase average incomes in the economy, there's major redistributive consequences. So some people are going to get a lot richer from trade, but others are going to get poorer. Economists have traditionally said, well, that's okay because governments can then come in and do transfers from the winners to the losers of trade. That's very nice, but for governments to do this, they actually need to have revenues that they can then redistribute, right? So... This is suggesting that when you open up to trade, you actually need more tax revenues to redistribute across the winners and losers from trade, not less. And I think it goes back to your your very first point as well about different tax systems have different distributional implications uh, and can have different effects on inequality. And so the tax system in and of itself may need to change simply because there is a tariff liberalization episode that takes place. Any caveats or nuances about your paper that listeners should be made aware of? Yes. So I I want to emphasize, we can't say for sure, you know, when a developing country opens up to trade, it's going to lose X percent of its total government revenues. Overall, we know that when countries open up to trade, a lot of other things are happening at the same time. There's structural change in the economy. So we can't completely isolate the pure causal effect that opening up to trade has on total tax revenues. What we're doing in this paper is looking at correlations and trying to control very carefully for everything else that could be happening at the same time. But we can't be definitive that it's 100% just opening up to trade leading to less tax revenues. More research on this topic definitely needs to be done. Lucy, thank you very much. Thank you, Chad, for having me. That is all for Trade Talks. A huge thank you to Lucy Gardin from the University of Warwick and the Institute for Fiscal Studies. We will make sure to tweet out links to her research. And thanks to Chad for clarifying that 1792 was a long time ago. In case you're wondering, it was a long time ago. Definitely for the United States, of course, but, you know, I think other countries think that that's just a blip in the passage of time. So do also check out our website. That's www.tradetalkspodcast.com. We'll make sure to post Lucy's research there. And as always, a big thanks to Colin Warren, who takes care of our audio. Do follow us on Twitter. I'm at Samaya Keynes. And I'm at Chad Bound. And we're on at trade underscore underscore talks. That's not one but two underscores, at trade underscore underscore talks. Did you get a a two underscores from Lucy? Uh, Chad, you had one job. That's two underscores because two Trade Talks hosts is better than one. (laughs) 